Omni is your new favorite multi-chain mobile wallet that puts the power of Web3 at your fingertips. In just three taps, you can stake and manage your assets on over 22 built-in protocols, including all major EVMs, L2s, and non-EVMs like Cosmos, Solana, Near, and more. Omni abstracts away all the complexity while being fully self-custodial, meaning getting yield on your crypto has never been this easy and secure. Omni also has multi-chain NFT support, so you can view all your NFTs in one place. And you can flex your cleanest NFT by setting it as your app background. Don't forget to check out the Explore section in the app for your daily fix of the hottest dApps, yields, and news across chains. On September 7th, Omni upgraded the app to provide you with more functionality than tens of different DeFi dApps and wallets combined. To highlight their transformation, they renamed from Stake Wallet to Omni, the next generation super wallet. Join thousands of users on this next generation wallet by downloading it today on iOS or Android at omni.app. We're here in Medellin, Colombia, and um, we're doing a very special crossover episode between Epicenter and the Interop. We're here at Cosmoverse, which is the biggest Cosmos conference uh, happening uh, right now. Cosmoverse ended two days ago, and we're going to do a recap of what's been going on here this week in Medellin. I'm very pleased to be with my friend and co-host, Sunny Agarwal, uh, host of Epicenter and uh, co-founder of Osmosis, and the man himself, the man who made this all possible, the guy who brought us all here, hundreds of people, to fly um, to Medellin, Cryptocito. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I think the crazy part for me is that we really managed to get everybody to come to Medellin because I know a lot of people, they had some concerns about the city, about Colombia, right? When you hear it first time and you've never been here, your first thoughts are like, oh my God, it's dangerous. Everybody gets kidnapped and Pablo Escobar drugs this and that. But now people are here and like I hear people, they say, next week we're going to do it again here. Yeah. I don't want to leave. Uh, I think everybody's very excited. Uh, just found out Sunny wants to see some, uh, some hippos here. So there's a lot to see, a lot of cool, fun, exotic stuff. Uh, you also have a little story to tell. <laughs> you can see on your on your Twitter, you posted that uh, with the paragliding. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do here, and the people are amazing. Uh, the food is great. The city is just beautiful. A uh, lot of good bars, good parties. Whatever you want, you can find it here. Except for beach, that's probably the only thing that's missing here. But yeah, um, love love Medellin. Had a great time here at Cosmoverse, and just thankful that. Everybody made it here, and we had such a great time. Yeah, there was definitely, I think, those like concern that a lot of people had. I mean, I was, I was in Berlin uh, a couple of days ago for another conference, and like people were talking about, hey, I got to get private security, and I mean, even I was thinking about, okay, do I bring my laptop? Should I bring my ledgers? You know, and then like as soon as we landed, as soon as we arrived in the city, like all those concerns kind of went away, and it was just like, hey, this is like a regular place. Um, it has yeah. a, it has an interesting history, but uh, you know, as long as you're not like doing anything foolish, uh, like trying to get paid talent on Tinder uh, <laughs> or like scoring some drugs on the street, you're probably gonna be fine. Yeah, we wouldn't have done it if we weren't hundred percent sure how the city is. Yeah, and I used to live here for a year, a couple of years ago, so that's why I'm I was very confident that everything will be fine. And uh, can you leak some alpha on where the next Cosmoverse is gonna <laughs> be? Uh, unfortunately, it's too early for that. And I, think I heard some really, things. <laughs> yeah, there's some, some rumors here and there. I mean, I think in general, we want to make customers in places that, are, that have high demand for crypto, but they don't have stuff going on every other week, right? Yeah. 
for example, if you look at Berlin, like in Berlin, half of the teams are based yeah. there. There's like stuff going on all the time. Like everybody knows the city. Um, Medellin is exotic, but there's 50 million Colombians. There's a lot of people that want to get into crypto, right? We even had the um, secretary for innovation and um, technology from the city of Medellin, from the mayor's office, right? And and he even came the second day himself just to listen to the presentation. Yeah, that was um, honestly one of my favorite talks in the yeah, entire thing. Yeah. It's yeah. really impressive what they've done, like everything that they're doing. I mean, of course, like, you know, he's kind of pushing an agenda or whatever, but like, you know, it, it seems very impressive, like all of the stuff they're doing here to like help bring innovation yeah. and like connectivity and get ac- you know, have, have access for people to like learn how to program and things like that. It's super cool. Yeah, I think they want to position Colombia or Medellin, especially as like the software valley for Latin America. And like you could tell from this talk and then there was also another governmental in- institution. They really want to push hard for that and give all the students free laptops, for example, and like just give, get them into this Internet economy. Yeah. And I think. Crypto can hopefully absorb a lot of that because, it, you know, people here, um, if they learn about DeFi, if they learn about even staking and um, having sovereignty for their for their finance, finances, I think it can have a big impact here, right? Colombia also has high inflation, not as high as Argentina or Venezuela, but still, um, I think it's, it's a net positive for the people to at least be aware what exists. And, you know, if they can make another 10 bucks a month farming on Osmo, then uh, why not? That's good for them, right? So, yeah. And, and I think that's how we also look for other places to host Cosmoverse, is to look at places that um, have high demand, uh, high population, yeah. uh, maybe a cool city, right? I think a big factor of success for this year's Cosmoverse was also that Medellin is just an amazing city, right? So I think we also want to look at that. But yeah, we'll see. I think now we need a few weeks off and then we'll mm-hmm. travel mm-hmm. a little bit and scout the next, the next place. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we haven't like properly introduced you. I mean, the people who listen, I think, to the interop uh, know, know who you are. I think maybe on the epicenter side, uh, you know, some of the some of the OG Ethereum people uh, perhaps are not familiar with your work and your YouTube channel. So, yeah, who is Cryptocito? <laughs> I started my crypto journey in early 2017, and I've pretty much done everything wrong for two or three years. Um, aped into the next big thing, lost everything. Uh, believed everything, a bit naive uh, for a long time, but I think everybody has to go through this once. Um, but yeah, then when when 2019 came, and I actually lived in Medellin here, um, I, I saw that, like, I feel like we've bottomed out, and I feel like, you know, we're ready for, for the next cycle. So I was preparing for that. I was reading a lot. I did a lot of events all, all around the world. I did a lot of um, research, networking. I think also, talking to people at events physically um, is one of the best things and ways to learn about crypto, yeah. to build up a network. And then sometime around uh, when, when COVID started, uh, I just bought a camera and started to record because, like, like I said, I've done so much wrong. I sent coins to the wrong address. I got <laughs> hacked. I had coins on, on wallets that don't exist anymore, on exchanges that don't exist anymore. And I think um, I just wanted to share that learning with people that are maybe new to crypto um, because it helped me in the beginning to learn from others that have done this before. Um, and then, I don't know, in the beginning it was just random. I just clicked record and talked about whatever. Um, but then I, 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 def- I found Cosmos, uh, thanks to Jack Zempelin. Um, he got me into it. Uh, he had a call with me. This was pre-IBC, and he walked me through everything, and he was so passionate about it. Um, and then the rest is history. I mean, from there, I just went deeper, 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 connected with everyone. I also like the, the ideology a lot about Cosmos because I think before that, 
this this Bitcoin tribalism came up uh, really big, and I really didn't like that. Um, and also, I think crypto YouTube was, I think, still is, but back then even more so, was flooded with Bybit leverage traders referral links here and there, and like yeah, yeah. I just don't think that's too valuable. I mean, everybody can do whatever they want, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to make a, a more fundamental content channel and. Yeah, now I'm just basically all in on Cosmos on that end, um, but I'm also very interested in other ecosystems. I'm not just only Cosmos, but that's where I spend most of my time. And yeah, yeah, that's it. I think we all share that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your YouTube channel, I know for a lot of people, it's like how they got into Cosmos. So many people yeah. are like, "Oh, I found out about. I got into the ecosystem through you." It was really funny because I, I think I've been on your podcast, like you know, on your channel, like a couple a bunch of times, and you're always interviewing me. So it's really fun to like turn the tables a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, I enjoy that, actually. It's cool. I don't have to prepare much. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you go from, you know, having a you know, YouTube channel and a lot of Cosmos videos to organizing Cosmoverse? I mean, I've, t- I've done events before that. Um, I've actually done one here in Medellin before. I've done one in Buenos Aires, like a general crypto event. Um, and when I was living in Shanghai for my exchange year... Uh, when we were you living in Shanghai? 2018. 2018, okay. Yeah, yeah, I went there because I studied Chinese and economics in okay. Germany, but then I had one exchange here in China. And that's where I um, met other guys and we co-hosted uh, Crypto Mondays in Shanghai, ah, yeah. which was really cool. It was a big success. So I always had this background of like doing events, getting people together. I think that's also my what I love, my, my skill, is just connecting people, yeah. right? And like the goal for this customers was also like um, to just get all of you guys together lock the doors for, for three, four days, and then you guys talk. And I just, I just enjoy it. But yeah, so the background and, and the passion just for connecting people. And then, yeah, it was, it was coincidence and luck, I guess, and, and the right timing. Um, when I moved to Lisbon last year, um, that I also met the right guys with Basil, Fabian, Yuri, because um, I could never do this alone, right? So um, when we saw that, Hey, there's Solana Breakpoint and there's East Liscon, uh, East Lisbon and Liscon and, and whatever and Avalanche House. Like, why is there no, no Cosmos event? Like, there needs to be a Cosmos event, at least in this week, right? At least one meetup. And because I knew you all were coming anyways, right? For all these Ethereum events. Yeah. Um, and then we basically um, came together and we said, Let, let's, make a, let's make a meetup at least. And then this meetup <laughs> idea, so like, maybe we can have some presentations. And then maybe we can even fill a full day. And then it turned out to be two full days. Um, 700 people showed up. Um, but I think, yeah, this was also, I think, the first time after years that everybody came together in Cosmos. So it, it was just the right timing, luck, and yeah, the, the right city to start. Like the first Cosmos conference that, and kind of the only Cosmos conference that existed before that was the interchain conversations that happened in Berlin. And it was like this kind of, you know, it was cool. Like, to see like this first Cosmos conference and there was a hackathon and of course like Cosmosm was built there and everything. But then like, I remember seeing Cosmoverse. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like who's organizing <laughs> this thing? Is the ICS behind the uh, ICF? Like who, who, who is this? And uh, yeah, I mean like I, I totally get this whole like, Hey, let's do a meetup. And then it turns into this yeah. big thing. Cause like we also had sort of a similar thing with Nebula where, you know, at first I wanted to do like a kind of side event with ECC and then it, it became like this. I mean, not as big as the as Cosmoverse, but it was like, you know, 300 people and like, yeah. and now we want to turn it into a conference. So like things in Cosmos like really 
are accelerating and you know the mm -hmm. size of this and the events that are happening like just really i think um, proves that even like this this year's cause of verse from compared to last year like i feel it feels like it's like i don't know how many people showed up but it feels like like at least three times bigger or at least with the energy and everything yeah um and you know and we're in a bear market now. So, yeah. you know, that's, and also, you know, there's no bear market. in <laughs> <laughs> And, and also, like you said, like last, last year, it was like sort of co-located with like all these other conferences. So there was a lot of spillover people. I yeah. know, you know, there wasn't great security. So I, I know everyone was just like walking in without tickets, which is great. They were learning about Cosmos, but here it's like, no, everyone who was here came specifically just for this event, right? They had to come all the way to Medellin for like Cosmoverse. So it just shows like how much the community has grown in the last one year even. We also got a little bit of credibility, obviously, also for Colombia from DEF CON, right? Which is happening in a week yeah. or two weeks um, in Bogota. Um, but I think, yeah, like you say, I mean, I know you told me this in the beginning, like you believe that Cosmoverse deserves its own conference, right? Not cloud chasing other events or other communities, like we're big enough to do this. And I think this year Cosmoverse has proven that, that we actually are. And I think in total, uh, we had over 1500 people there. Um, Insane. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, there were like people showing up. I, I didn't even know, like crazy, <laughs> crazy people. From... I, may have, I may have told people that, hey, if you don't have a ticket, I was like, just show up. Or we to turn you away. <laughs> No, I, I don't think we turn anybody away. I, I, at least I, I'm not aware of that. Um, but I think from over 35 countries, which is, that's the crazier part to me. Like there were people like, like Jacob, right? Jacob flew in from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's a crazy trip. <laughs> that's a 40 hour trip. And now he's going back with an Osmo tattoo. I don't know. We can talk about this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We got to talk about the legendary there's, stuff. That there, there's people that flew in from Australia, from Japan, Hong Kong, South Korea, a lot. Yeah, Korea, a lot of Koreans, um, yeah. The U.S. with them from from India, a lot of them exactly. Tons of so, people from Europe. Yeah, so that, I think that's the cool part. Um, and like you say, like they're just they just came for this specifically, mm -hmm. and also like a lot of Latinos, right? Like we got people from Argentina, Mexico, Peru, Chile. The big team from Brazil. Dominican. I, 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 Dominican. The Dominicans are crazy, like, <laughs> and you can also tell, like, talking about where where to host customers next, right? Like, you can see where already small communities exist, right? Like the Dominican Republic is, is a small country, but they have already like 30, 40 hardcore cosmonauts, right? And they're super pumped and excited to maybe one day host customers there. And, you know, why not Punta Cana? So yeah, there's some cool. beach, beach vibes there. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was insane. I mean, like, I think all the people that were staying, you know, staying in this whole area were, were all, you know, cosmonauts and, you know, mm -hmm. I just like see people with Cosmos t-shirts everywhere. Like, <laughs> like the locals listening, I'm like, what's this Cosmos thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> even, I mean, even the, some wood drivers uh, either came to the conference or like, oh yeah, you're also from this Cosmos event. Um, so like the, the locals are hearing about it. And funny thing, like here, the restaurant down there, which is actually a big restaurant. They just told me um, yesterday when everything was over, they told me that, um, this is the first time ever that we're running out of food. <laughs> and it's like crazy. Like every single room in the hotel was booked. Uh, they have 300 rooms. I think nearly 200 were from Cosmonauts. Um, they obviously still have other people here. And it's an international big hotel, right? Like yeah. people just come here anyways. But nearly like every room was booked. Uh, we booked every single room for the conference, like every single meeting room, every single conference room, three different floors. I think from like the, the amount of like detail that went into this, 
they never had this year. Yeah, um, the Regen team booked an entire hotel. <laughs> I was talking to Greg and he's like, yeah, we just went on Airbnb. We booked like all these rooms in this boutique hotel. And it turns out we just had the whole hotel. <laughs> so they were like throwing parties in the sauna and everything. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So what's, um, what were the kind of big highlights for you guys here in terms of announcements? I mean, like obviously there's the Adam 2.0 announcement. Maybe we can talk about that, but um, yeah, maybe before we talk about that, what kind of other uh, important highlights yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of a lot of different things. I think, uh, you know, I got I was I got to talk about some of the mesh security yeah, stuff that we've been cool, thinking yeah. about for a long time, and uh, just you know, I think it's something that we kind of all intuitively thought about and knew it, that was going to happen in yeah, Cosmos, yeah. but like it was able to like I don't know formalize it a little bit and put the ideas down into like comprehensible like so that yeah I think that was really fun. Um, and then on top of that, just like, I don't know, just like seeing a lot of the more underground projects, like, like mm. talk a little bit more like, uh, Babylon, for example, that was super cool. Yeah. yeah. I did an interview with, uh, with Fisher. Oh, nice. Come out this week. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's really cool. Um, got it, you know, and just like seeing an update on like what everyone is working on. Uh, yeah. So that was really just fun to see. So yeah, let's talk about this mesh security thing. Cause like you said, it's something that. I mean, certainly I've been thinking about like, you know, in, in sort of abstract ways, but never really you know, put a name on it or but this idea that basically chains can secure each other and create this kind of like yeah. strong bond between like all chains. Yeah. The idea is just this is that, um, you know, the point of Cosmos is, okay, interchain security is not supposed to be a hub and spoke system, right? Yeah. If we just end up building another hub and spoke system, we're no different than every other ecosystem, right? Polkadot, Ethereum with their rollups. Uh, everyone is building like one central chain and then a bunch of things that depend on it. And that's like, you know, that's cool. But like the point of Cosmos is like to build this like truly decentralized system, no one chain at the center. Um, and to do that, how, how do you make that work, right? Um, so, or how do these sovereign, how can we have a network of many, many sovereign chains? No, we go, I often go around, pitch this app chain vision to people, but then there are, first question is always like, wait, but how is this all going to be secured, right? Mm -hmm. like, don't you need like Ethereum level security or Polkadot level security? And the answer is all of the app chains are going to secure each other. So it's kind of like the NATO model where it's like, okay, NATO is a co collection of sovereign countries. They all have their own governance systems. They don't interfere in each other's internal politics, but yeah. they have a joint security mesh where if any one country gets attacked, all of them sort of rush to each other's defense. I love how you always bring this back down to geopolitics. <laughs> it, it, like the, the geopolitics uh, analogies that you, that you provide to kind of, you know, uh, help help understand how this is going to work are so effective. And when you gave this slide with like the NATO, all the NATO countries, and like all the alliances that they have, and also this kind of like this this shared security that that uh, that exists between them, I think is like a, a really uh, accurate analogy of what this might look like. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, that, I think that's uh, yeah. So I, I you know we've always thought a lot about like when we we're designing Cosmos like two. Um, it's a little bit of a technical system, but it's also uh, a, like a political economic system, as Bucky would like to Bucky likes to say. And you know, when we do, when we're thinking about the technical side of things, we often look at the internet for uh, inspiration. But when we're looking at like the political economic situation, we we really do like to think about like, oh, how do communities form? You know, how do sovereign communities interact with each other? And you know, the goal as like as Bucky likes to say, what we're building is 
you know, we're not building the world computer in Cosmos, right? We're building the community computers, yeah. right? And how do communities interact in the real world? Their blockchains are going to have like similar uh, interfaces or, you know, relationships as well. How, how far do you think is um, interchain security or the end game for interchain security? Because there's like version one, obviously, which is very static in that sense. And then version two, version three. How far is mesh security? Because I still have to listen to your talk because I was just running around. <laughs> yeah. and I, I couldn't. That's what plane rides are for, man. Just download all the talks. But um, <laughs> how far is that away? Mesh security, your mesh security idea from the end game of ICS. Yeah, I think it's um, obviously a little bit more complicated for sure than the V1. Um, what mesh security really is is it's the V3 design, but yeah. run bi-directionally instead of just yeah. one chain providing security to the others. They're all security just using other. V3 in multi-directions. From my understanding, um, I believe the informal team had actually paused development on V2 and V3 because they found they thought there was like issues with it. Mm. And so what we were able to do was like help them expl explain like, oh, this is actually how you solve this issue and this issue and this issue. And now I think they are like pretty on board again with with moving towards this idea. So you know, I was chatting with Jihan yesterday about like you know I think they're also really excited about mesh security as well and are going to help like build this i know i know that i know jake from juno is like so excited he's like <laughs> he's like ready to start hacking on it this weekend at hackwasm and he's like okay we're gonna start building a prototype right now like him and ethan fry and, and i are I think we're gonna try to like build some some primitive pieces today um obviously this is all gonna be well you know this is actually an interesting thing it's like kind of like randomly independent one thing i, I think i've realized by just talking to people at this conference uh and just like seeing how the state of development is I think that we have to start treating Cosmosm as a more like core piece of the mm. Cosmos stack where it just takes like, so much faster to do fast, like really quick prototyping in. The Cosmos SDK is really supposed to be this like kernel level code where you need, you know, if you need to touch the deep stuff like staking or how transaction fees work, that stuff should really be in like Cosmos in the SDK. But like, mm you know, DeFi logic or new IBC protocols. It's, that stuff is way faster to write in IBC. And I think... All, Cosmosm. It, yeah, yeah, sorry, in, in Cosmosm. And I think that, like, all Cosmos chains actually going forward, or Cosmos SDK chains at least, should Im implement some sort of uh, permissioned Cosmosm, like similar to how Osmosis does. Mm. Um, and I think chains that don't, honestly, are going to be, like, kind of left behind. Uh, we've actually added, you know we have our first core module that we've written in Cosmosm now, which is IBC rate limiting. Mm. It's like a way of, you know, dealing with ha hacks and stuff yeah. where it's like, it says, Hey, only uh 20% of an IBC channel uh, TVL or whatever can go every six hours or something. Okay. Right? So and basically all your IBC can, all your IBC transfers are going through Cosmosm. They're not going through the like what kernel level. Well, they module. go through the Cosmos SDK because the IBC module is in the SDK, but yeah. then the, when it receives, fund a IBC packet, it passes it to the Cosmosm contract that does the rate limiting and then the Cosmo and then the Cosmosm contract. It's like a the middleware stack is in yeah. Cosmosm. This is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so with regards to with regards to like this permission permission Cosmosm uh, thing you just mentioned, can you explain what what you mean by that? Why would it be permission? Why would it just be permissionless? Because I don't think that, you know, you don't want a permissionless chain where anyone can start deploying whatever you want. Right. It's just more of a way of like... Oh, I see. So you're saying that chains should deploy Cosmosm as a way to implement other sorts of functionality for their chain and yes. at, at a minimum and then perhaps like some other like... 
Exactly. You know, yeah. So like this IBC stuff. rate limiting contract, we are going to add it to osmosis, but you know, I'm sure other chains will want to add it as well. Right. Okay. So, and okay. so you know, yeah, it's just this a way is... of iterating quick, more quickly on features. Yeah. Okay. Like, as opposed to say like the Ethereum route where they've built all these, um, uh, these four core functions, like into the EVM yeah. you know, in Cosmos, it would be better to build them as contracts and you have the core modules call them. Exactly. Okay, very yeah. interesting. So one of the things that our team has been working on a lot over the last like, you know, three or four months is like deepening the relationship, like the inter, how easy it, you know, cause right now you have a lot of teams who are like very Cosmos SDK focused, right? Like they don't, they don't use Cosmosm. And then you have like a lot of teams that are very Cosmosm focused. So like, you know, the mm. Confio team that builds Cosmosm, they kind of really only think in terms of Cosmosm. Yeah. Juno is very much like, you know, their, their core chain is very, very minimalistic and they have a lot of cool logic on the Cosmosm side. But Osmosis, we like have a lot of stuff happening on the Cosmos SDK side and a lot of stuff happening on the Cosmosm side. And so we've had to spend a lot of time like, uh, making the interaction process between these two systems like very seamless. And so, yeah, so, you know, I think that that tooling that we build is going to start to be able to be used by more chains as well. What do you think in that context then around the Prop 69 implementing Cosmosm on the Cosmos Hub, which failed? Mm -hmm. And now they're building Neutron, which is a smart contract platform. So what are your thoughts on that for the Hub? Oh, I voted yes on Prop 69. So I, I, <laughs> I, I think it was like a no-brainer. Yeah. What do you think about it? Yeah. I, I mean, hearing you now, I think that perhaps it makes sense to implement it on the Cosmos chain as, as a, on the Cosmos hub chain as kind of a permission thing so that more functionality will, yeah. will come to it. Yeah. I, I also felt that uh, having Cosmosm on, on the Cosmos hub was, was not, yeah, I, I think I voted no on that as well. And like, yeah, it's not the role of the Cosmos hub. So I think, especially after Adam 2.0. Prop 69 wasn't for permissionless Cosmosm. It was for permissioned Cosmosm. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. And, yeah. and like I said, I don't think it's... The point of it is not to add more functionality to the hub necessarily, right? It's, it, I think it was to be able to, like, add new IBC protocols or, you know, for example, you know, uh, the Composable team is building the substrate IBC, right? Yeah, yeah. But how it's actually... The IBC client is actually going to be written in, in, in Wasm. And so it's like, I don't know, I feel you need to... This more and more of the stack is going to move towards that. Yeah. I mean, maybe after Osmosis implements this and, you know, starts mm -hmm. building useful features in Cosmos, and maybe other chains yeah. will start following that model. I mean, that's kind of what I think that's what our plan is. Like, you know, we're just start the mesh security process with chains that have Cosmosm enabled. So, you know, we'll have Osmosis and Juno and Stargaze and everyone start doing the mesh security. And then hopefully more chains will start to add it. So Adam 2.0. Big announcement. Did you uh, did you plan this before with the? Did you know the, about it before? Did you know the details? <laughs> no, I didn't know anything. You didn't uh, know the details beforehand. No, no, I mean, you didn't see the right paper. I think I could have pushed for it, like for you know, send me the white paper draft, whatever. But like, I didn't even ask too much. Uh, I wanted to get surprised myself. But yeah, it was it was cool. It was awesome. Also, that like that they chose customers to like share all this, like because yeah. you ask early for announcements and like across the board, almost every presentation had some alpha in it. Um, some big announcements, right? Stargates, they also announced some stuff. Um, Intercooled staking or something like that with, with their NFTs. Uh, if you haven't listened to this, then you know. do it. This is pretty cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think Atom 2.0, I mean, this was, I think, for a lot, the Buy the Rumors Sell the News event for, for the conference. Yeah. Um, but then also uh, Yelena dropped a uh, couple of consumer chains that are coming with USDC obviously being a big one, but you guys also have been involved in, I think, getting this done. And yeah, I think 
Atom 2.0 is obviously a long play, but I think it's the first time that there's a specific roadmap for the Cosmos Hub. And um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But I think there's still, I think that they're putting it on the firm now, then there's still some feedback and then it has to go on chain. So I think it still needs a little bit, um, maybe also to, to be refined. But I think in general, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, touches about uh, touches on a lot of the things regarding the hub and Atom, not just not just the inflation, but also governance, um, some of the additional utilities, right, to also make the Cosmos Hub the and service provider for other chains without having to enforce dependencies on the hub. So yeah, we'll see. I think I'm excited about it, but I'm excited about a lot of chains in, in Cosmos. Um, um, but yeah, I'm quite optimistic about M2.0. I think that it was like a necessary thing in order to bring actual value and utility to the Cosmos hub and sort of set it on a track to, you know, remain relevant long-term as an atom holder. I'm like quite excited mm-hmm. about it. Also as, you know, someone who's like been a core believer in the, in the Cosmos vision, like the app chain vision and like everything that, you know, you guys have been working on for the last whatever, six years. I think it's great. Um, I think the, um, yeah, I, like I wrote this, blog post a couple of weeks ago, basically like asking a question, like can interchain security save the Cosmos hub from, from be- becoming irrelevant? And I think like I'm 2.0 also is a step in the right direction. I do think that the, um, I think that the Cosmos hub needs many, many, many more chains using interchain security. If it wants to stay relevant, I think like this is, this is a great announcement set, right? Like five, five or six uh, chains. So basically like um, there's going to be stride, uh, USDC. Um, there's this flash. That's a MEV yeah. chain. Uh, uh, this staking, liquid stake. Uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Well, Quicksilver is not. No, they haven't like yet announced it. Yeah. Is Stride going to be using? Stride is yeah. going to be using it. Yeah. But I tweeted Neutron. about. But yeah, but there's about four or five of them. Neutron, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think that there needs to be a real concentrated business development effort on the part of, say, like the ICF and Informal and all these teams to start. Um, mm-hmm doing business development. And I think that there's an opportunity. I talked about this on the panel that I hosted with Marco and owner. There's an opportunity to really position Cosmos and the hub as sort of an enterprise grade ecosystem where more like traditional uh, companies and institutions can start using Cosmos. And my, my, the way I see this is the Cosmos SDK is absolutely perhaps like the best technology stack to start building decentralized applications and progressively decentralize them. So you, you can literally use the Cosmos SDK as like a database, right? It's just like a transactional database that allows you to build logic into it. And then over time, um, you know, companies can uh, start opening up their, their their permission model by adding validators, adding partners to the validator set, um, whitelisting users, um, even maybe doing KYC with whitelisted addresses if they need to, right? If they're like regulated in such a way that they need to be compliant, they can do that. And then over time, essentially like plug into the internet in the same way that companies in the 2000s and like 90s and 2000s were going from intranet to intranet uh, by enabling IBC. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's, I, I don't know like who needs to do this, but like someone needs to build the framework and, and sort of handhold uh, companies through through this process, yeah. and I don't know if it's the ICF or like the builders program or what, but like it needs to happen. One of our like uh, biggest investors, it's uh, Ribbit Capital. Yeah, you told me uh, that. But man. they, uh, you know, they are one of the biggest like traditional fintech uh, VCs. Um, 
you know, they were early in any fintech company you can imagine. Yeah. Um, and then they, they've been doing crypto for a while as well. They're very early in Coinbase. But they, one of the reasons that they like bet big on osmosis was that, you know, they have this giant fintech portfolio and they just believe that like one day all of these fintech companies are going to have their own blockchains. And, you know, Cosmos is the stack to do that. And osmosis is the center of Cosmos. And so they're like, okay, that's, you know, this is why they, but like, that idea that like, hey, all of these companies are going to start to, uh, migrate onto their own sovereign blockchains. Yeah, it makes total sense. Like, I mean, you know, when when we were building Stratum in in 2015, you know, we were already using Tendermint with our customers, and the challenge that we had back then was that there was no ecosystems, right? We were trying to build consortiums, which no, like there was no Cosmos SDK. There was no Cosmos SDK also, but like the the challenge that we had is that we were trying to build consortiums and. It just wasn't working because like that's an enormous feat. But if you have an ecosystem that already exists where there's economic activity, where there's liquidity, where you can build a business and and start sort of like redesigning existing business models to work on, on blockchain, like Cosmos is the perfect place to do it mm-hmm. um, because there's acti- activity there. But not only that, because you're as a company, you know, you're able to build your application in a permissioned or more like controlled way. And then over time and you know, depending on your business needs, Open it up to other to other players in the ecosystem, if you wish, which is something that's uh, you know just not possible on Ethereum because like mm-hmm. because you share the security with all the chains, you share the bandwidth with all the chains. I mean, maybe with Ethereum too, too like you know, that's changing a little bit, but Cosmos just seems like the perfect way to do that. Yeah, but I think we also see that uh, we actually have proof for that already because we see um, from both sides, right, at the institutional side, um, there were also a couple of big a uh, couple of big VCs here at the conference. Um, and they didn't make a big thing out of it, but they would just want to make their homework. Yeah. Um, and then I had a live stream last week with uh, Fanek, which is a ninety yeah, million yeah. dollar fund. And this guy, like, Great you know, we're just talking on on Telegram right now, and he's like, "Man, this is cool. This is cool." So <laughs> Was he here? he's like, he couldn't he couldn't uh, be here this time, but um, he uh, watched or I think at least is, is watching all the presentations or at least the ones that he's interested in on, on the stream. But yeah, they're <clears throat> they're super interested and, and hyped about it, and. I think the fact that Cosmos is not top-down in, in that sense where there's one organization that does all the marketing, all the conferences, all the investments, all the BD, but there's like different teams that all work together, together sometimes uh, in a good way, sometimes there's drama. But um, I think that's very interesting. That's a different vibe that we have in Cosmos Mm-hmm. to compare to any other ecosystem. You can even say, see that with customers. I mean, what we did with customers, we couldn't do it in other ecosystems. Like if we did it in Solana, like Solana Foundation or whatever, it's running Breakpoint. Like we can't do that. Yeah. Uh, IOHK is running the Cardano stuff. Parity is running all the Polkadot stuff. New Foundation is running all the new conferences and all the stuff. We could only do it in Cosmos. So yeah. because there is no central giant entity that runs everything and that wants to be everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and the second thing is also project-wise, you see um, DYDX is the best example, obviously. I think they had some people here, actually. But they <clears throat> just chose Cosmos for, for the app chain architecture and for because it fulfills whatever they want to build. And you see more and more projects now doing their homework, um, potentially also migrating over to Cosmos, either their own chain or building on any Cosmosm chain out there and there's multiple out there that you mm-hmm. can use or use interchain security. Like there's so many different ways. And I feel like it's all coming together. Um, I think over the past years, uh, ever since I joined Cosmos was never the flashy project that had a lot of hype and, you know, crazy stuff going on. But I think now 
it's all coming together in a very organic way and very naturally. And I think that's the most sustainable way. Even mm -hmm. though Atom didn't pump on the Atom 2.0 announcement, I think long-term Atom and, and all the other coins in the ecosystem um, will will gain more and more market shares because it's just built in a more mindful and, and sustainable way. And you can see this across all teams, like literally the Osmosis team and the Stargate team, the Juno team, like they're just so focused on building and um, also that attracts real users, real protocol revenue. I think that's way more sustainable than having a, a quick pump because some VC is buying it and then, you know, slowly it dies off for, for a long time. So there was another conference going on at the same time in Singapore, token 2049. Oh, yeah. And like everybody was saying there's like 65% VCs here and, you know, yeah, like Nick, not very Nick, the Celestia co-founder made a tweet like, thank God this conference is taking place. It takes all the boring VCs <laughs> you guys to, to this event and we can have fun here with yeah. customers. But on that note of like centralized sort of, you know, planning, um, there, you know, there, there, there is, I think, some debate around whether or not it's, it helps long term to like align uh, people on like, you know, shared visions and aligning people on like building the right things. Uh, you know, in Cosmos, we don't really have that same sort of, you know, centralized planning as perhaps in, um, in Solana or some of these other ecosystems that you mentioned. But there is the IACF. There is, um, you know, uh, Interchange MBH and you know, informal systems and to some Ignite. extent Tenement Ignite yeah. and you know they still hold like I think a lot of the you know power and perhaps like sort of mimetic power as as like you know these uh, institutional organizations within Cosmos. There was a presentation by Ethan Buckman and I also did an interview with him. If you want to watch that, it's on the channel where he talks about redesigning the ICF. What what do you guys think of you know? Yeah, what do you think of the ICF and like, does it need to change uh, in, in a more sort of centralized uh, planning, more in the, you know, in the route of like Solana or some of the other ecosystem, or does it need to just be kind of a steward that helps, you know, the ecosystem go in a, in a, in a direction? I think Sunny can talk more about like, because you used to work at Tenement, right? So you can talk more from an insider perspective. But for me as an outsider, I think um, it's cool to see how these institutions exist and help fund projects, the ecosystem development, all these kind of things, and also conferences. Um, but they don't want to be necessarily the center uh, and, the, and the central point of attention and everything, right? They didn't mm. want to like say, hey, this, you know, make this the interchain, uh, the ICF uh, conference, right? They gave us the support. They came full force in formal send 20 people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from the ICF here, a lot of people from Ignite here. And yeah, they just want to be part of it, but they don't want to enforce to be in the center. And I think that's really cool to see. And then I think uh, founder-wise, right? Like if you look at any other ecosystem, you can see one or two main figures, right? We had it in Terra with Doe. We have Charles and Cardano, even Vitalik. Yeah. Um, even though the Ethereum Foundation probably doesn't hold the majority of the, of the ETH in circulation, still Vitalik has big impact on the development and roadmap of, of Ethereum in that sense. Mm. And in Cosmos, I think most people don't even know who Jay yeah. and Ethan are. <laughs> like, yeah. like they're super passionate, but they don't also want to be in the in the center and, and get all the attention, right? Um, so I think that's a net positive for for the ecosystem because it doesn't really make any dependencies. And, and you know, yeah, you can see like in, in Cardano, right? Like Charles is so controversial for many and people just don't like him and that's why they don't like cardano in general yeah but um we don't have me, i think we'll never have this problem because for I'm, me the I'm test is un unless sunny gets crazy i don't know i'm still convinced that jay's uh you know 
departure was 20%. I'm 20% convinced that it was like performance art. It is his way of pulling a Satoshi. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very smart move, if, that, if that's true. But yeah, I think that Cosmos survived this. Um, I think in 2020, a lot of people thought Cosmos would be dead. And like I said on, on stage, mm-hmm. the way I got in is because I bought some atoms somewhere and I didn't really know. I forgot about it. And I'm like, okay, should I do my research or should I just sell it? And luckily, I started doing my research. But at that time, at that time, I didn't even know what Cosmos was. Like, there was no one talking about it. It was completely dead on social media yeah. um, because it went through this self-destruction but survived. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, also now with, with the recent... The most recent um, division um, of uh, tournament into three new entities. I, I still think don't understand what's going up. on there. I, I would love for someone to explain what the fuck's going on here and who's behind what. But yeah, it could be another episode maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I think that just like yeah. further dilutes their their power and impact. And I think. Hey, I think um, the test here is it's simple. It's like look at any crypto ecosystem, and is there one person essentially that like if that person gets hit by a bus. Would the, con- would the yeah. community continue to exist? And I think that in Cosmos, I don't know who that person is. Like, I, I don't know like one person in Cosmos, like if, if something were to happen to them, that the ecosystem would cease to exist. Mm-hmm. For other ecosystems, I really think that that's really kind yeah. of debatable. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great. Uh, I think it also creates some challenges in terms of coordination. Uh, but, you know, if I, I, personally, I think the ICF's role and sort of the, you know, these institutions, I think their role needs to be to just kind of steward and you know curate in a very light touch way the sorts of things um, that the ecosystem work on and and like the direction of the ecosystem and so like you know I think Bucky you know he he you know he sets sort of a vision and like I think also Zaki and you know, of course yourself Sunny like you know you're all very influential and and you guys help sort of broad directions in the ICF and these institutions that can play that role I do think that the ICF needs to be more transparent though mm-hmm. and sort of more. Uh, more open generally like I feel that it's it's sort of it's sort of an opaque organization that uh, it, it's been hard for a lot of folks to kind of like understand what they're doing or you know who's responsible for what or whatever and like if they can just be sort of providing more on the ground support I think it'd be great I think one thing that's uh, kind of good that's happening right now is the ICF has always been a little bit uh, uh, pulled in two directions whether and it was unclear a little bit whether they were supposed to be the like foundation for cosmos the ecosystem or for the cosmos hub the chain right yeah these are two very different things yeah. and uh i think part of like this reorg structural reorgs that's happening right now is like the hub team that was at the ic at ig uh is going to be moving to informal and so um that's gonna like you know i think informal is taking on a little bit more of this role of being like a lead dev team for uh the hub. for the hub uh, while yeah. now the icf can focus on being not not hub focused but being ecosystem, ecosystem focused. Focused. and so that's part of like what we're doing as well with the new builders programs and stuff where it's like getting so currently the icf's you know its main treasury is all in atoms right and it's using atoms to like fund a lot of these open public goods but like you know i think that the public goods funding should be resilient against like just the at you know it even if Adam doesn't make it, but the Cosmos ecosystem does, we should, you know, public goods should still be being funded. And so mm-hmm. more, so what we're building towards is making sure that like, hey, more chains are able to contribute to this like pool of capital yeah. that, that are working on public goods. So like 
if you are working on core Cosmos SDK stuff or IBC stuff, you're not getting paid in just Atom, but you're getting upside of Osmo and Juno and Secret and everything, like all, yeah. all this whole stuff. And then also just like coordinating better on like how do we market the ecosystem as a whole, like getting this like narrative around the I IBC and the interchain. On the note also um, of like who is, who is running the show, I think in Cosmos we still have, or like all these teams, they still have, one or two people that you associate the project with. Like for you, um, in Osmosis, a lot of people associate that with you. Um, in Stargaze, a lot of them associate with Shane. But I think, like you said earlier, like if one of them would get hit by a bus, I mean, there's still so much behind that, right? Like so many other very smart developers that are also very well connected with everyone. I think Cosmos, the Cosmos development is also like a mesh network, right? It's like everybody's yeah. like helping yeah, each yeah. other and they're like all... Um, very collaborative. And I, I don't, honestly, I mean, I've been around uh, in other ecosystems also before Cosmos, but I've never seen something like that. Everyone else is, is more competitive and like they, they're more tribal about their own stuff. And I feel like in Cosmos, it's more of a, a joint effort between all these teams. And even though you fuck it up sometimes, if you are willing to, to make it better the next time, I think there's always still conversations going on. Like, I think people are not really salty about it, at least on the developer side. On Twitter, of course, different thing. But yeah, I think the builders in Cosmos are very collaborative. And I think that's the real core strength of the ecosystem. So Adam 2.0, what do you guys think? Will it save the hub? Price target. <laughs> Price target. <laughs> this part of Adam 2.0 that I like and this part that I don't. Okay. Um, what do you like? What, do you don't, what, what don't you like? Parts that I like, I think the allocator process, like, you know, this is something I've been pushing for a long time, which is, you know, the Cosmos Hub has a high market cap. It should be using its community pool to invest in new projects and uh, help bootstrap them. And, you know, Osmosis have been do has been doing this for a while, right? Like we've had, we do these loan swaps, we mm -hmm. do it with Stargaze, we've done it with Axelar. But I think that like, you know, and that's how Osmosis has been able to build like close relationships with a lot of these projects. And I think the Cosmos Hub should like start doing similar things as well, using its much larger community. Well, mm. yeah, much larger like economic might right now. Okay. Um, so I think that's like makes a lot of sense. And else, but then, you know, I don't know, things like the interchain scheduler, mm. I don't really think make that much sense. You know, we had a panel on um, MEB. I missed it, but I'm going to watch it on the plane. <laughs> Multiple people have told yeah. me it was the it was their favorite yeah, panel. Yeah. <laughs> it got a little spicy for sure. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I just don't know if like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure who the customer of the interchain scheduler from the Cosmos Hub is going to be uh, when I think it's going to be more... Um, chains are going to want to control their own MEV capture. And mm. so, you know, it doesn't make sense for Osmosis, for example, to like use the, the, the hubs interchange scheduler, for example. Yeah. I think this, the scheduler is primarily for consumer chains, right, on the hub. I was even talking to the Neutron team. Even they yeah. were like, like okay. it's still an opt-in thing. And they're like, wait, uh, we would not, we, why would we want that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think the allocator is definitely mm -hmm. very interesting. Um, also that the Cosmos hub has a stake in other networks. Um, what do you think about the the inflation and monetary policy implementations or proposal at least? To be completely honest, I didn't read that part. That, okay. That's like the least interesting. I, I care so about I think, and product. I, I think it's it's very cool because it creates a revenue stream for the uh, for the community pool, and I think that's super important because there's yeah. now I think less than a million atom in the community pool. Mm -hmm. Osmo, how many? How much Osmo is in the Osmo pool? Like, like a lot. Close to forty million Osmo. Yeah. So. That's crazy, right? That's like $45 million or 43 
and the hub has 16, 14, something like that. Mm. So I think there needs to be definitely a revenue stream. I think with that in mind, they also propose now to have a nine months high inflation of Atom, mm -hmm. um, where some of it goes into the community pool and then it goes down gradually, I think 10% per month or something like that to a floor of 300K Atom per month, um, which would bring down the inflation, I don't know, in numbers, but like a lot. Mm. Um, and I think with that in mind, like Atom can also, I know we talked about this also a long time ago, but like that Atom can be the, the money of Cosmos. And I think monetary policy is a big thing of it, about it. Um, but I think with that in mind, and also some of the utilities that I mentioned, I, I, did, I just briefly skimmed through the governance part. There's also a whole governance section in the, in the white paper. I don't know if you read through that, but I think there's a lot of interesting stuff, but I think this is also stuff that is probably more long-term. This needs to be seen. I think short-term, the, the monetary policy adjustments are probably the most important thing on that. Yeah. Because, yeah, it needs to generate revenue for the pool and also be more sound money in that sense. Yeah. Do, do, you, th do you guys think that uh, other chains, like, you know, will Osmosis start adopting, like, some of these tools like you know, the allocator or uh, reviewing its monetary policy in order to make it more like sound money. Yeah, Osmo is pretty cool. I'm going to argue that Osmo has already been doing most of these things. <laughs> uh, you know, we've already been doing loan swaps. We've uh, been working with Skip to build MEV systems into the protocol already. Uh, we've had staking derivatives for a long time and we, yeah. we just called it superfluid staking, but yeah. it was staking. It is a form of staking derivatives, right? Um, and then, yeah, interchange security, you know, we're working towards the mesh. Uh, so, and yeah, so I don't know. I, th I feel like this is actually stuff that Osmosis has been working on for a while as well. Okay. I feel like, like we, yeah, the Hobbs version of these things, I feel like there's all these like, categories almost, like how to do MEV, how to do staking derivatives, how to do yeah. uh, mm. allocation system. And like, you know, both Osmosis and the Hub have like different flavors of each one. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, people will pick which one that they, <laughs> the flavors that make more sense. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. I think tokenomics-wise, Osmo is pretty cool. There's a yeah. cap, right? Some, yeah, I think one thing people don't realize about Osmo tokenomics is that, like, you know, it is actually, uh, you know, fixed cap, right? Yeah, yeah. And so people are like, oh, it's this, like, super inflationary thing. And it's, and it's really not, I mean, Of right? course, in the beginning, it had to be because you have to roll it out. But well, um, that's also why everybody enjoys crazy APRs. Initially, <laughs> what we needed was a distribution. We didn't have exactly. a distribution. Yeah. We, did, you know, Osmosis never had any sort of ICO or anything, right? So yeah. we're like, okay, we can air, we can do a little bit of an airdrop to have some initial distribution, but really, we want like the airdrop to go to people who are committed to Osmosis, right? And how do we how did we measure that? We were like, okay, well, who's providing liquidity, right? And that's just the way of. What it was, was an extended ICO, right? Yeah. The, the super high inflation over the first few years was to do the initial distribution to the early adopters of the protocol. So before we wrap up here, what was the sort of highlights? Uh, let's, let's talk about the, the legendary stuff that the happened. Stuff. The, the, the <laughs> legends that were made. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, uh, Jacob's tattoo is incredible. I think it also came out really nice. Like the guy, yeah. and the guy, I know this guy for a couple of years, the tattoo artist, um, very nice guy. And he literally, this is last minute stuff, right? And he just brought a table, he brought his stuff. Um, and then people just came right next to the DJ at like 2 a.m. And they showed him like, I want this picture on, you know, I want this tattooed on my neck or whatever. And he just <laughs> had a piece of paper and then he, with a, with a piece of, with a, with a pen, he just wrote over it and he just made it like freehand. Like he didn't have real equipment, but the way yeah. it came out, I think it's incredible. So, so for <laughs> maybe for the epicenter listeners here who are not familiar with this whole story. So like <laughs> oh, Jacob, yeah. 
Jacob uh, Gerikian, who you know is the uh, founder of uh, Notional, it's a validator, also like contributor to the ecosystem, has been talking on Twitter for some time now that he would get an osmosis tattoo and maybe some other tattoos. And what, what was your role in like you know organizing this and making nothing. this happen? No? Nothing to do with that. <laughs> I mean, you got the tattoo artist. I got it. No, I mean, of course, like Jacob said it. I'm like, I can get it for you and you know we, we got it done but i think one of the conditions was that he would overtake wasmington in the validator set yeah and i think on the day a few hours before it actually happened so i don't know uh, who contributed to that but um i think it was just fun to see how the community is passionate about it and, and you know the, the scene this, the scene when this happened like we're, we're downstairs oh so it was in this club and <laughs> uh, you guys can go on twitter and like find videos of this but it was in this club and there's like a DJ up there. And then because there was like this kind of higher spot. Right. And he was there in the corner with this light. And it, yeah. it just it was such an interesting scene. It felt like, I don't know, some like mob boss, you know, up there, <laughs> you know, like, you know, sort of looking over like all of his all of his uh, subjects. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was such a cool, cool. There's uh, an incredible experience. picture on Twitter. Where he's like, yeah, holding the phone, the, yeah, yeah. in the background, and Ethan and Yelena, and the tattoo artist, and it's crazy. But yeah, uh, like, this thing will be memed for then, years. And I thought, okay, I thought it's Jacob and um, the Quasar co-founder. He also wanted to make one, but the uh, the tattoo artist told me that nearly twenty people made a tattoo there. Wow. And some people got That's lifetime really access crazy. to Cosmoverse. Yeah. Is that, is I, I that don't real? Know. I mean, this, this, there no, was some this people guy, got like, Cosmoverse. There tattoos. was a guy at one a.m. and then I stood next to him and he 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 wrote something on Telegram and he showed it to me and I just said, yeah, sure, like yeah, and then he <laughs> sent it and like yeah, Cryptocedar stood next to me and like we got approval. I'm like, I don't know, I don't even know if anybody did it, but um, some some people did get like the kind of Cosmos yeah, zero yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, crazy. But I think this is yeah. The first time also that everyone is coming together and partying, having a good time. I think it's also super necessary because yeah. after all, it's like behind all these, behind the crypto ticker on CoinGecko, there is like people, right? Yeah. And you can see that some people like techno. You can see uh, what's their favorite drinks. You have cool conversations with them. You can, you know, I had a shisha with uh, Ethan Buckman. I didn't have one with you, Ed, and I'm angry about this because you <laughs> promised it to me. I'm here for a few but minutes. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm salty now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's just cool to like you know really truly meet. And sure, again, you've seen the talks, you've seen the announcements. Coins didn't pump, but that's just the surface. Like what's behind this is like all yeah. the conversations. I just talked with Dan Lynch in the in the hallway, and he's like, "Man, there's so cool tooling that we're building," and like I'm super excited, and Jake is super excited, and like just all the builders and the community coming together and talking, meeting each other, building friendships, relationships. I think that's the real value of these, of these events. So really, yeah. but I need two weeks off now. I need, yeah. I need, what, I need sleep. What's next for you? Are you going to take some vacation? I'm going to stay here for a little bit, um, two weeks probably. And then um, these, these Dominicans are like, mm. come to the Punta Cana. It's, like, <laughs> it's so close. Like I'm just probably going to mm -hmm. go there and then from there back to Lisbon. Yeah. Will you be yeah. in Lisbon like in November when all this stuff's yes. happening? Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. be there till mid next year for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So. I think we can. Uh, I think we say this, this. This is a good good note to end on. Yeah. And wrap this up. Episode, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for doing this, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. On. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a Google Home or Alexa device, 
you can tell it to listen to the latest episode of the Epicenter podcast. Go to epicenter.tv slash subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the newsletter so you get new episodes in your inbox as they're released. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we're always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week. Thank you.